Well, hello and welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. Hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> We're in the middle of December and uh, we are doing our third part of a three-part message series called The Divine Descent, looking at the story of Christmas. And I'm glad, I'm glad you've joined us today. Before we jump into that message, though, I want to give you an update about our Christmas offering. And uh, we're a newer church. This is the first time we've done something like this, but we're raising money for four different ministries. Uh, so that you can actually see a photo uh, showing some of the ministries right now. Four ministries, some are regional, or actually some are local in our town, some are regional, and then some are international. And we'd love to raise 1000 for each of these ministries uh, for a total of $4,000. And uh, members of our congregation have been giving uh, this month above and beyond their normal giving. And so I'm really excited. We've nearly raised about $2,000 for this so far. And we've got to go through the rest of December. But uh, if you were interested in giving in a way that you wanted to extend your impact and your reach beyond just your own family, your own circle of friends and influence, uh, if you want to give in a way that's going to make a difference to uh, ministries that are meeting needs around the world, you can be a part of this Christmas offering. And uh, all of these ministries are faith-based, uh, targeting people that are in need. And uh, so if you wanted to give, you can give online through our uh, website. You can select Christmas offering for that. You can text give as well. But I'm really excited about uh, the resources that we'll be able to spread and the way that God is going to use us. So that's exciting. All right. You may have heard recently about an obstacle that our church is facing with our Sunday morning gathering location. Um, if you exclusively listen or watch online, then this will impact you little. <laughs> But uh, for our in-person gathering in Santa Clarita, we've, we've actually been considering moving to a new location. Uh, this, oh, about a week ago, we got some clarity and we had, have a big announcement. Is uh, this, today, Sunday, is officially our last day at Rio Norte Junior High School. And this is gonna be our last service there. We're gathering there this morning. And uh, you know what? Rio Norte, here's, here's actually a photo of the outside of it. Here's the entrance. And we're going to continue meeting as a church every Sunday, but not in this location anymore. <laughs> and uh, I got to admit, I'm a little sad about it. Uh, there's a lot of really amazing things about this location. Um, the size for gathering, that it's in the middle of a big neighborhood. The parking is great. Um, it's got an amazing kid space. They're in a gym. My kids love being in the gym for, for Sunday school. Um, you know, so we're, we're leaving and we've only been there for two months. And so uh, moving to a new location is also going to involve a lot of work now to figure out a, a new spot. And I actually was expecting, I, I thought we might be here at Rio Norte for years. I mean, it's, it's a space that's versatile enough that uh, we, we could have grown here for years and years. But we're moving after just a couple months. And the reason for that is uh, we just recently got clarity on the school's position about wearing face masks. And uh, the, their position is that in, whenever you're indoors, uh, the school requires that all attendees be masked at all times. 
And then additionally, they want us to be responsible for enforcing that and making sure that people are in compliance with that. Um, and this would be for all people ages two years old and up. And uh, it's actually, it's only just recently that this mask issue uh, became a bigger deal. At, you know, for the first few weeks and months, we were operating with a different understanding. So we were facing the decision, do we want to become a church in a, that has a mask mandatory environment? And uh, that would actually change the way we've been operating the whole time we've been at church, which, you know, is about a year and a half. Um, we've been we've met in a lot of different locations and all along though it's always been mask optional not mask mandatory we don't force people to do things uh, we, I actually really prefer that we uh, that people have the freedom to make their own choices about how to live and how to operate in this regard and um, I believe that even though we're in California <laughs> I believe that we can relocate to a place where people could choose for themselves if they're going to wear masks or not and, um, and, and for those people that do still choose to wear masks, and there are people in our church that do, um, I, I want there to be freedom there as well. That it's not like a no mask environment. It's actually the freedom, there's a freedom of choice. And that if someone does decide to wear masks, um, that there would, there, they would be free from ridicule and being coerced into you know, not wearing a mask. I, the, the main issue is freedom here. And so one of our goals as a church is to not get hung up on this issue. <laughs> One of our big goals is to keep reaching more people. We really want to find people that are far from God um, and help them learn how to walk with Him, how to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And, you know, to reach a lot of people, we might reach, we'll be reaching people with a lot of different opinions about things. And um, I do believe that, you know, even though this is a big contested issue today, I believe a mask optional environment allows us to create space for the widest group of people. And when uh, we met as a core team to discuss this, uh, I, was, I was encouraged that there was unity and agreement that uh, it would be preferred by our church that instead of move, you know, changing who we are and moving to a mask mandatory, that it would be better to go through the trouble of moving. And so the school that we're at is going in one direction with masks and staying put in the school wouldn't work for us because even if we tried to still kind of operate mask optional, that wouldn't really work because that would be violating the clear agreement and understanding that is now in place. Um, and just to kind of try to slide by without getting noticed, that would be deceptive based on the clarity that's come. And uh, also just to try to operate, you know, in that environment, I think would put a lot of people in tension. if. You know, let's say there's somebody that really doesn't want to wear a mask, but they know that that's the, the rule of the school, and there's a tension there about should I or shouldn't I, I don't want to, or I do want to. All of that, I think, is an unnecessary distraction. So, we're moving. It's official. It's our last Sunday in Rio Norte, and it honestly was a really tough decision to let go of this place because, um, you know, it was a complicated decision, too. So now that, now that we know that we're moving, how might we respond to that reality? We might, well, one thing is we could complain and just whine about how much trouble it is and how disappointing it is and I can't believe this has happened. And we could also criticize. We could criticize the people that have 
um, you know, got us to this point and um, just use all kinds of names and strong opinions about how things are going. And, but, I, you know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to complain or criticize. We'll respond by rejoicing. We will rejoice because we got to enjoy 12 Sundays at this school. And it has been great. Actually, we've packed a lot in in the amount of time that we've been here. And I wanted you to see uh, a quick slideshow of what services have looked like at Rio Norte. So check this out. In addition to the Sunday morning gathering, we have also had our sports camp in this location as well. That was an amazing five-night program uh, designed to reach a lot of new families in our community, and it went so well. It was, in fact, we even had uh, five families come attend our church after sports camp because of the camp. And uh, that experience together as a church, there, tr there was tremendously deep buy-in from, from our volunteers and our group. There was a really unifying experience. And so we've had great Sunday mornings. We had a sports camp. Um, all kinds of new people have come around. And so we've packed a lot into a short time here. And so praise God. I, I have so much gratitude to the Lord for allowing us to meet here for this time period. Moving on. Honestly, is not my preference, but I think if we continue following God's lead, we will realize that God is working something bigger than we can see. I think God's working something bigger than we, what we can see. Um, you know, it actually, it can get pretty easy to get caught up in the drama of the moment and not realize that um, the thing that we're going through is a part of God's bigger plan. I think that can happen a lot of times in life. That actually happened to some of Jesus' followers. Um, here's a photo of Jesus and walking along with some of his disciples. This is a, a modern rendition. Uh, there was a moment in the history of these men when they were urgently trying to get Jesus to heal Lazarus, another guy who was sick and on the brink of death. And everyone knew, hey, if we can get Jesus there, maybe he won't die. Well, he died. Lazarus died. And Jesus knew about that. And uh, you know what? Here's what it says about that. In John chapter 11, starting verse 17, it says, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And uh, Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. 
So Lazarus was the brother of Martha and Mary. And as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Of course, she's probably just completely distraught. She said, Lord, you could have done something. And now it's too late. It's just all the hope. I had so much hope that you would do something, and now hope is lost. And I don't know if you've ever asked God, hey, why did you let this happen? What? Man, you could have done something, but you didn't do it. You didn't step in. You didn't intervene. The thing I was, the one thing I was praying for, and it, was a, it wasn't even a selfish prayer. It was just a, an urgent request you didn't do. I don't know if you feel like anything bad has happened to you or to your family this December or perhaps this year or, or maybe a few years ago. Something very distraught and distressing has happened. Maybe you thought, Lord, if you would have just done something, this bad thing wouldn't have happened. But you know what? Martha goes on to say, yet, you could have done something, yet, even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. So here's a woman racked with grief, yet makes an astonishingly bold statement of trust. And Jesus responds by saying, your brother will rise again. There's a sparkle of hope there. And then Jesus, he makes this profound statement that it gives me chills when I think about it. I love what he says next. It's so powerful. He says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Wow. Of course, he's not just talking about physical death. He's talking about eternal life and death. And you know what? We live in a world right now that's terrified about death and about dying and about getting sick and so many other things. There, or loss of control or freedom or things running amok. There's, there are so many things to be concerned and worried about in our life, in our world right now. And with a statement like this that Jesus makes, you realize there's nothing to be worried about when we have this ultimate hope in Jesus. He says, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. So, can, he asks Martha, do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. It's an amazing statement of faith and trust. And actually, these, these verses were put into a song that I really love. We're, uh, we'll be singing it in our, in our in-person service. But it's very powerful. This is a very powerful story. If you continue reading, you find out that Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead. And he did it to prove his power over death. Yes, he could have healed him sooner. He could have healed the man so that he didn't die first and then have to be raised to life. I mean, that would have been a lot easier on everybody. There would have been way less intensity and grief and drama. But Jesus had a much bigger goal in mind. He wanted to show his power and cause his followers to believe deeply in him. So, what loss or disappointment might you be facing? Is it possible that God is working 
towards something bigger through it. Maybe there's some way that God intends to demonstrate his power. Maybe there's some way that he's working to cause a deeper faith in you, more trust and reliance on him, or so that he gets more glory in the end. For our church right now, we've got a history of a few different locations. Um, we started in my backyard. Here's a photo of that. It was a gathering of just a few people, but we got, we got some people that stuck and invested at this point. Then we were in the park. We were having um, these uh, park gatherings where we'd sit in a circle and do kind of like a Bible study. Um, we moved to uh, having weekly public services in Chesbro Park. And you can see this uh, next photo is in front of a stage where we had everyone who's attended our church up to that point get in for a group photo. And then finally, we had um, moved to Embassy Suites, a hotel in town, and we're meeting there for a while. And we got a photo of our last day there. And we'll be getting a group photo <laughs> of our last day at Rio Norte as well. As a church, to stay in the school, it, it would be easier. It would be less complicated. But easier is not always what God's after. He's got something he wants to do through our church. At every location that we've been at, we pick up new people. There's, there's people that join and they learn how to walk with Christ and they take steps of obedience. More and more people have made a deeper investment. They learn how to serve and sacrifice like they've never served before. And I'm so excited. Every time we move, it's for a reason. And so I'm so excited about what God has in store ahead for us, even though it's probably going it to, is, you know, the initial news was disappointing. We've got some work ahead of us. I am excited to see what God will do. And I'm not upset about masks or COVID or the people involved in this situation. You know, those are, those are challenges, but there's always been challenges being a part of a church. Just in life, there's challenges. And it's the challenges that God uses to move us where he wants us. So what's next for us? We're exploring a few options about where to go. So we're moving, but I don't know where to yet. And we've been in this position before. Um, here's an example of a place we might go. Uh, the um, Edwards Theater in Valencia is an option we're exploring. There's a few other we're looking at. And uh, we've got a few things planned. So next Sunday, we won't be gathering in person at all. It's the 26th. And so we will only have this online service. Uh, the week after that, we'll be doing watch parties. We still won't gather as a huge group. We'll be gathering in homes to watch the online service again, but have a, a component of gathering together in little groups. And uh, you know what? You can pray for us as, as we explore the options and are waiting for God to show us and taking steps wherever we can, would you pray that God would lead and, and reveal the next, the next plan? So this Christmas, you know, as we're moving closer and closer to Christmas, I hope that you do celebrate the birth of Jesus. But not just because a cute little baby was born. I'm sure Jesus was very cute. But, uh, you know, we celebrate the reason that Jesus came was to give us new everlasting life so that we would not have to die spiritually. So this thing about Christmas, we celebrate, you know, we've been talking about the divine descent where Jesus, the God who created the universe, came and descended to be with us. He came to dwell with us. 
Well, the amazing thing is that God is preparing to dwell with us forever. I just want to show you this last incredible, almost unbelievable promise. In the last book of the Bible, Revelation, here's what it says. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. So, you know, Jesus came and he dwelt with humanity first. And that was, you know, a temporary thing in terms of a physical body. But we will get to the point where we will dwell with, he, he will dwell with us. It says, they will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. <laughs> the promise of new life is what makes Christmas so merry. <laughs> you say Merry Christmas all the time, I'm sure. The thing that makes it good and joyful and merry is this promise of new life that comes through Jesus. So praise God. He's working in your life right now. You listening to this message right now is not a mistake. It's not an accident. God is working through our efforts as a church to become strong. And he's moving us to a new, still undisclosed location. Our job right now is to trust him, to praise him, and to spread hope and light of Jesus to those that we meet. Last thing before we wrap up, our Christmas Eve service is coming up this Friday night. And if you're in town, if you're planning to be a part of that, uh, I'd love for you to come and also invite somebody. Invite a neighbor or a family member from out of town or anybody that you meet. Uh, this really is an ideal time to share the light and the hope of Jesus. There's people that may be interested in coming to a Christmas service more than any other time of year. And uh, we can also use your help. And so if you're planning to come, uh, we'll be setting up in a park outdoors. And it's probably going to be cold, probably going to be dark. And uh, anytime you set up in a new location, it's tricky. And I know it's a holiday, but if you are around and if you're free to help us make this a meaningful experience for others, come and help us out. Um, let us know by either responding or signing up or emailing us that you'd like to help out with that event. Uh, let's close with a word of prayer. We praise you, Father God, for loving us, caring for us, and uh, sending your Son, Jesus. And Lord Jesus, you are incredible. <laughs> you make the way for us to gain access into the family of God so that we can have eternal life with you and with God and live and dwell in heaven forever. Uh, would you lead us forward as a church into the next gathering location? I'm sure this will not be the last of our challenges that come up as we grow. I pray that our faith would deepen and our trust in you would deepen. And would you uh, help us to identify where, where the next location is? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time.